You're listening to a message from Third Church in Richmond, Virginia, where we believe we are called together for the renewal of all things through Jesus Christ. To learn more about Third or how you can get involved with our community, please check out our website, thirdrva.org. That's T-H-I-R-D-R-V-A dot org. Thanks for listening. Good morning, church family. I think if you can sing in Arabic, you can hear a sermon in Arabic, right? Uh, For those who knows me, they know that I like to start with a joke. But today, Corey and Brooke told me that I only have 15 minutes, so there is no joke today. <laughs> but I really had a very good joke. So when you go out today, go to Corey or Brooke and ask them for a good joke. And if you didn't laugh, you have to say another joke until you are satisfied, okay? <laughs> So uh, we're going to read two verses uh, in Arabic and in English. So read with me uh, with your preferred language, or if you prefer another language, feel free. Uh, First verse is from John 3, 16. I think we all know this uh, verse by heart. Uh, If you uh, can read the English uh, translation, read it with me. لَأَنَّهُ هَكَذَا أَحَبَّ اللَّهِ الْعَالَمِ حَتَّى بَزَلَ إِبْنَهُ الْوَحِيدِ لِكَيْ لَيَهْلَكْ كُلِّ مَنْ يُؤْمِنْ بِهِ and if you can read the English, read it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his own that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The second verse is from Mark 16, 15. Again, I'm going to read it in Arabic and then English. وَقَالَ لَهُمْ إِذْهَبُوا إِلَى الْعَالَمْ أَجْمَعَ He said to them, go into the whole world and preach the gospel to all creation. Amen. This is the word of God. I think you will agree with me when I say that these two verses are uh, the most or one of the most uh, famous verses in the whole Bible, and as you notice that there is a word that repeated in both verses in John 3.16 and Mark 16.15, which is the warlet, the warlet. And uh, for those of you who like to study the Bible, I'm sure you know that uh, John used uh, the word warlet in many different ways in his writings. Some people say that he used it in four different meanings, some say five, some, fee, some even say up to ten. For instance, he used it uh, uh, he used the word to mean the cosmos, the whole universe, and sometimes he used it to mean the physical planet, Earth. Sometimes he used it to mean the material things on this Earth. Sometimes to uh, mean the system that runs this world, and sometimes to mean the people in uh, this world. But here in these two verses, we find it uh, used in two different ways. John used the word world to mean all the people throughout all the ages. And Mark used the same word to mean all countries, all nations, all tribes, all regions in the world. And of course, by, by nature, we tend to be um, uh, uh, focused on, on, on the, uh, ourselves, not, not the whole world. Without the whole world, it means people or regions or nationalities. We tend to focus on ourselves. We are, as human beings, ourselves centered or self-oriented. And um, we can, we can uh, uh, realize that the uh, culture we live in uh, these days 
are driving us more and more to become self-centered, to care only about ourselves, not the people around us and not the whole world. If you follow with me the uh, evolving of famous magazines uh, in the last 70 years, you will notice something very strange, and even an Egyptian noticed it. Um, in, the, in the 1950s, the, the most popular magazine uh, was called Life. In the 1960s, the popular magazine was called People. And of course, people are, not, are part of life, but they are not the whole life. And then in the 1970s, another magazine took the spot called Us. I, when I first came to the United States, I used to think that this means United States. <laughs> but it turned out to be Us. And then in the 80s, another magazine took the spot called Self. And then in the 80s, another magazine came out called Me. You see where I'm going? And then in 2010, a magazine came out in the United Kingdom called I, the I magazine. And nowadays, you know, uh, we uh, uh, are using everything to start with I, iPad, iPhone, I, you name it, to uh, live, to live in a virtual world where we think we uh, live in a world while we actually are away from the world, separated from the whole world. We said, we said that John used to use the word world in many different meanings, but today we will examine how John used to look at this world in his early stage of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. We look at three different situations. The first one in Luke 9, Verse 49, John came to our Lord Jesus Christ and said, if you have your uh, holy Bible, if not, open it in your holy phone or (laughs) iPhone, and and look at, read this verse with me. Master, said John, John, the one who wrote, saying that God loves the whole world, he's saying to Jesus, Master, said John, we saw someone driving out demons in your name and we tried to stop him because he is not one of us. John here is talking about someone who's doing ministry in the name of Jesus. Someone who's casting demons. Someone who's helping people who are suffering. Someone who's helping people who are in need. Yet, John stopped this person from doing ministry because he is not one of us. He didn't just say, we don't want to partner with them in this ministry. We don't want to help them in this ministry. We don't want to stand alongside with them in this ministry. No, he said, I stopped him because he is not one of us. And Jesus, of course, Jesus transformed John uh, in many different stages, but at this stage, Jesus told John, John, whoever is not against you, he is with you. He is playing in your team. He is playing in your team. He's trying to score with you, not against you. He is in the same team, the team of the kingdom of God. The second situation in the same chapter, Luke 9, 
and it, this one uh, found in uh, verse 51. It says, as the time approached for him, for Jesus, of course, to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. And he sent messengers on ahead who went into a Samaritan village to get things ready for him. And of course, uh, you all know that the, from the story of the Samaritan woman that the relationship between Jews and Samaritans were not that good. Both uh, didn't like each other. So it says in uh, verse 53, but the people there in this Samaritan village did not welcome him because he was heading for Jerusalem. Verse 54, when the disciples, James and John, John, the one who wrote about God's love for the whole world. When James and John saw this, they, said, they asked it, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven to destroy them? These people were not nice to us. They didn't welcome us. What should we do? Like what Elijah did in the Old Testament, let's ask for fire from heaven and destroy them. Get rid of them. Or Jesus, uh, in, in your English version, it says that Jesus rebuked uh, John and they went to another village. But in the Arabic translation, there is a verse that many of the English translation, translations didn't include. And it says, Jesus said, John, the son of man did not come to destroy people, but rather to save them. Jesus, my friends, is not involved in this business of destroying people but rather saving them. The third situation, it is in uh, the book of John, the last chapter of the book of John, chapter 21, verse 20. And you know, John is the one who, the author of this book, and when, when he writes about himself, he writes in the absence tense, and he describes himself in this verse by this, the disciple that Jesus loves. The disciple that Jesus loved. So, in the first situation, the world for John was the disciples. He is not one of us. So if you, if you don't belong to our close circle, our world, you don't belong to us. In the second situation with the Samaritans, the world for John was the Jewish nation, the Israelites. If you're a Samaritan, if you're Roman, if you're Greek, if you're Gentile, if you're American, if you're Egyptian, you don't belong with us. But in the third situation, and uh, in that situation, uh, John was comparing himself to Peter. The world for John was I, myself. It's all about me. I am the one that Jesus loves. This is true, by the way. Jesus loved every and each one of us individually, and he died for you, even if you, are, if you were the only human being on earth. But the picture is way, way wider and deeper than that. You know, the, the culture around us is trying to transform us to only care about me, myself, and I, or us, not Irene. I, myself, us. But Jesus transformed John to look at the world the way God looks at the world, the way Jesus Christ himself looked at the world. And I think 
God, this, this, Jesus did this with John in, in two uh, different stages, in, in two different ways. The first one, the first one was at Calvary during the uh, crucifixion event that happened that day. And one of the strange things that happened was uh, before they nail our Lord Jesus Christ on that cross, the Bible said that they stripped him from his clothes. So he was nailed almost naked. And they divided his clothes among each other. Of course, uh, one might say that this happened to fulfill an Old Testament prophecy, and this is true, but Old Testament prophecies were not written to be just fulfilled, but they have a meaning. And what is the meaning behind this, behind Jesus uh, hang on this cross naked? You see, clothes identify people. It's very easy to identify anyone by the custom or clothes they are wearing. If I came today wearing the uh, uh, Egyptian traditional dress, which I was thinking to do, but my wife would think I'm crazy to do that, uh, you will know how Egyptian looks by their, uh, the way they dress. You know how people in the Gulf area, uh, by, the, by the way they dress. And even among different countries, you know the, uh, the thing they put in their head. Uh, there is something coming down. If you put it on the right, you are from Kuwait. If you put it on the left, you are from Qatar. If you put it in the back, you are from Saudi Arabia, and so on. You see, you can identify people from this. Because I put here in this uh, uh, picture an image of 21 different customs from around the world. And if I could, and of course this wouldn't, wouldn't be appropriate, put a picture of a naked couple, could you identify them with any country or nation or race? Jesus was hanging on that cross naked. So who, he wouldn't be identified with any nation or race or country or any group of people. If you would, would happen to be passing by Calvary that day and look at that cross, you couldn't tell if Jesus was a Galilean or Samaritan, a Roman or Greek, Jew or Gentile, an American or Egyptian. Jesus was hanging on this cross that day to represent all nations, people from all countries, tribes, tongues, all over the world, all through ages. The second thing I think the Holy Spirit did with John to transform John and to change his perspective to the world from the worldly view of the world to the biblical, godly view, view of the world that happened after the day of the Pentecost. You see in the uh, book of Acts chapter 8, the book of Acts chapter 8, it said that uh, the disciples heard that the uh, people in the uh, Samaria accepted the word of God. And the church sought to send two missionaries to, to, to this area to uh, uh, help them receive the Holy Spirit. They sent to them Peter and John. Imagine this. John is going to the very same people he wanted to destroy before. But now it is a different story. These people accepted the word of God, accepted Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. These people became fellow members of the household of God. 
Now they are his brothers and sisters. I don't know uh, about John's feelings that day. Was he in uh, wow or was he embarrassed? <laughs> but what the Holy Spirit did. But I think these two uh, 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 events, that the, what happened in Calvary, what happened after the day of the Pentecost in, in the Samaritan area, I think these two things uh, transformed John's perspective and helped him to see the world not from his eye or perspective, but from Jesus Christ's eyes and perspective to see that God really loves the whole world and Jesus died for the whole world so that anyone believes in him shall never uh, perish but have eternal life. In closing, I want to use a verse that uh, Peter wrote. And I think Peter was reflecting on what John said about God's love for the whole world. So whoever believes in him will never perish but have eternal life. Peter wrote this in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. He said, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but every one to come to repentance. You know what everyone in Greek means? Everyone. <laughs> the whole world. We can't exclude anyone from God's love. Let us pray. God, as we live here today, help us to carry this truth in our hearts, to carry your love for us in our hearts, and to spread it around us. Help us to share this great news with all people all over the world. Help us to reflect your love and your grace and your mercy with no boundaries, with no limits to all people around us. In Jesus' name, amen. <coughs> I invite Pastor Curry and uh, Pastor uh, Samuel to come over and uh, we'll talk a little bit about the partnership with El Sharabiyya Church in Egypt. Well, hello again, friends. Um, we are privileged to be one of the churches in our denomination. Uh, we're part of a Presbyterian denomination called the ECO. And many churches in the ECO have partnerships with churches in the Presbytery of Cairo in Egypt. And um, so we're blessed to have a partnership with Pastor Samuel and his church, um, El Sharabia, along with uh, the Christian Arabic Church uh, with Pastor Fakhri. And so it's just such a gift for us to be able to share. We've spent time together this week down in Greens Greensville for our, um, for our denominational conference. And then we've gotten to spend some time together this weekend as well. So um, I wanted you to hear just from Pastor Samuel and what a uh, privilege it is to have him here and to hear what ministry is like. So maybe you could just tell us, Pastor Samuel, what, it's, what are some of the exciting things you're seeing God doing in Egypt, in Cairo? I'm so happy to be with you and uh, worship with you today. God is doing so many amazing things in Egypt. We are watching now a, a church planting movement in Egypt. 
او نمو في حركه الصلاه والتلميذه بشكل كبير and also a prayer and discipleship movement all over the country وكمان في حركه من الاتحاد مع الكنائس المصلحه في الصلاه وفي الخدمه مع في مصر and we are seeing that uh, there is some kind of uh, A partnership with all the Protestant and Reformed churches to come together, pray together, and do minister together in Egypt. And also, lots of people are coming to faith in Lord Jesus Christ from different religious backgrounds. Yes, Muslims. <laughs> Pastor Samuel. Um, We had the privilege of getting to be with you in Cairo and getting to see the work that Al Sharbia is doing. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about how we can pray for you and your family and especially for your church, Al Sharbia? We are going through a renovation or renewal projects, the same way same thing you are going through here. So We uh, need your prayers for that. And I think you feel uh, the same, uh, we are facing the same challenges you are facing. We need prayer to, uh, for, for, to be able to finish this project. And pray that after we finish uh, building the church, we see a, a flourishing church in uh, spiritual formation. Uh, كمان نفسنا تكملوا معانا المشاركه في الخدمه اللي انتم بتعملوها خدمه عظيمه ومؤثره جدا. Also we have to continue the partnership because your partnership with us has a great effect in our ministry. وزياراتكم المختلفه لمصر بتسيب تاثير ضخم جدا. Your, uh, your visits to us in Egypt help us a lot. Yeah. If you want to hear more about the ministry of El Sharbia and what Pastor Samuel and as well as our other two friends are doing in Cairo and we're going to have a lunch um, right after the service downstairs would love for you, to, you all to come. So let's, let's pray now um, for this ministry. Father, we are so grateful for Pastor Samuel and his wife Phoebe and for the church, El Sharbia, um, at work so faithfully in Cairo. We do pray for them. We pray, first of all, for um, this building project and just for the overwhelming inflation that they are experiencing there in Cairo and in Egypt. We pray that you would give them what they need to finish this project. We also pray, God, that you would empower them for their ministry as they serve among many different people and especially among the poor and people from other religious backgrounds, we pray that you would empower them to love and to serve and to extend the good news of Jesus, that love for the whole world that we just heard Pastor Fakhri preach about. Thank you for this partnership that Third has with El Sharbia and with the Christian Arabic Church. We are so privileged to be in this partnership together and pray that you would use us to do good work for your kingdom. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.